The book of Exodus, chapter 33. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. Uh, We'll read the first three verses. If you don't, uh, we'll put these on the screen and you can follow along uh, with us. Let's all actually go ahead and stand together to honor God's word. Uh, Exodus chapter 33, uh, verses 1 through 3. The Lord said to Moses, Depart, go up from here, you and all the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your offspring I will give it. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. That's God's word. You can be seated. I love, I love Christmas time. And I I really liked it as a kid, and I find that as an adult, I'm liking it more and more. And I loved this year how Thanksgiving was so early, right? It was like Thanksgiving weekend, we got our tree set up, and we got rolling and and decorations out, and and it's been like this real extended time to celebrate Christmas. I know the people at Best Buy are probably pretty happy about that too. But, But it's just been a wonderful time, and there's so much about Christmas I love. I think about the food, I mean, right, that's the first thing that comes to mind. You think Christmas, food, and, and mostly just that there's lots of it, right? And, and, and you're expected to indulge a little bit, and it's a lot of fun. I love the Christmas cookies. Uh, my wife went to a Christmas uh, cookie exchange with some ladies, came back with like 70 cookies, which were gone. They, they lasted a whole like 48 hours or so in our house, and I love the Christmas cookies. I love the hot chocolate. I love you can go to Starbucks and get peppermint hot chocolate or or kind of uh, cinnamon hot chocolate. I love that. I love the smells that come with the food, the cider and the chocolate and the peppermint and all that stuff. I love the movies of Christmas. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Mine is Home Alone. That's probably my favorite Christmas movie. But we love Elf. Molly, last night as we were wrapping some presents, said, hey, I'm just in the mood to watch Elf. And so we went and, and, and uh, rented Elf and watched that. Christmas Vacation, right, is another favorite. You can just think about Cousin Eddie and, and Clark Griswold and all that stuff. Just a lot of fun uh, with movies. I love the decorations of Christmas. I love setting up the Christmas tree, right? And since we're in Arizona, most of us probably, if you have a tree, you've got a, 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 an artificial tree. I was going to say fake, but it's artificial, right? And, and, and your family back in the Midwest thinks you've just, you're probably a Satan worshiper now because you've got a fake tree. Um, but, but you just know how practical it is. And I love getting that out and putting on a long sleeve shirt because it's so scratchy and watching a football game and decorating the tree and having the kids help me. I love the ornaments that go with this. Right? I, I love that my parents, when I, uh, when I got married, they gave me all of the ornaments that had been part of my life as a kid. And my dad, every year, my whole life has given me a snowman ornament. So there's a lot of snowmen on our tree. And I love how our kids want to put them on and the stories that go with certain ones they want to hear. And I love, I love that. I love the decorations around our house and the wreaths and the creativity that my wife has during this time of year. I love the memories of Christmas. I love uh, the memory of being a kid. We would get to open one present on Christmas Eve. And I always knew what it was pajamas. 
I got new pajamas. And then you'd put on the pajamas, and then my dad would read to me. Twas the night before Christmas, and we'd leave out some milk and cookies and head to bed. I, I love those memories. I remember the year that I tried to stay up all night to catch Santa. I heard some things on the roof, and I was like, maybe that's it. And, and I couldn't last. I eventually fell asleep. Well, the memory of my first Christmas being married uh, was in the emergency room in the Atlanta uh, hospital uh, coming back from my honeymoon. Apparently, I'd had too much fun in Mexico <laughs> and was not feeling very well on the way back. I love the experiences of Christmas. I love driving around to see Christmas lights. Have you been to the Loop of Lights? out here at Gansel and Combs, out kind of uh, uh, by Encantera, that whole neighborhood. There's hundreds of homes decorated, and one guy that just absolutely lost his mind and probably all of his money to decorate his house. I mean, it's just incredible. He's programmed like 15 songs, and it's just it's amazing and, and just a really great thing. I love that. I love the activities surrounding uh, Christmas and all the different things you can do and the places you can go. I love shopping, uh, not normally, but I like shopping for someone with a purpose and getting it over quickly. Gentlemen, do I hear an amen? amen. Right? Like we know what we want, we're getting it, we're out, right? I'm not taking it back. Well, I think I like those shoes better, right? None, none of that. I just like the focus. I love wrapping the presents. I love, I love anticipating what my kids are going to enjoy, and I love the experience of watching them open their presents on Christmas morning. Isn't that wonderful? love the parties. There's some friends of ours that have this party that they've had for 25 years, and we've gone for about the last eight or nine, and now our kids are there, and there's always a little talent show, and they have a great time. It's just I, I love all the things that happen around Christmas. Now you have other things you love, I'm sure, other foods, other memories, other experiences, other things. But here's the question I want to ask today. What if you could have all of that but not have Jesus be a part of it? Would you still want it? Now, if we're honest, a lot of us if we, if we had the honesty, we would say, yeah, I would like that. I mean, it's fun, and there's family, and there's food, and it's, it's a great time. What, what's wrong with that? And, and nothing at all is wrong with that. In fact, those are good gifts of God that God has given us to enjoy, and I love all the senses that come alive in this time of year because I think it points to the reality of the, how good and great of a God we have. But if you could have all the things surrounding Christmas and not have Jesus, would you want it? Some have blatantly said that that's what they want, and maybe you're here today, and you would say, yes, I, I would like to get rid of Christmas. I think Jesus, I think his whole relationship to Christmas is just, it's a myth, it's a joke, I don't, I don't need that. And, and, and perhaps you would agree with, with uh, the billboards that the American atheists have put up in Times Square. Uh, keep the merry, dump the myth. You can see the billboard there, and, and, and I guess I understand why they would want to do that. They uh, really have a problem with Jesus, and, and that's okay. What they're saying is, we want all the stuff that goes with Christmas, just not Jesus. And if, if you're in that place, here's what I would say, is all the things that you love about Christmas, the family, the senses, the creativity, the beauty, the joy, the hope, the love, all of that are echoes coming from a real God who invented the whole thing. 
you could have all the things that go with Christmas, but not Jesus, would you want him? You know, the Israelites were faced with a question similar to that. And that's what we read in Exodus chapter 33. See, the Israelites had been imprisoned in Egypt, and they'd been there for 400 years. They were slaves there. And Moses was used by God through incredible works of God's power to to set those people free and to inspire in them a vision for a new land, a new hope, the promised land. And so they leave Exodus, the parting of the Red Sea. In Exodus, they leave Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea, and they're on their way to a promised land, and they get stuck in some moments along the way. And in Exodus 32, Moses is up talking with God on a mountain, and the people get so impatient that they decide to form a golden calf, an image of God. And they say, this is the God that rescued us from Egypt, and that doesn't make God very happy. And so God gives them an option. Says, hey, there's something you've always wanted. And I want you to have it. But. Here's what he wants them to have. Exodus 33, verse 1. Depart, go up from here. You and the people, go to the land that I promised you. In verse 2 he says, I'll send an angel before you. I'll wipe out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Termites, and all the otherites. Like, you're going to have... You're going to have no enemies. You're going to have the land you've wanted. You're going to have no opposition. This is what you've been longing for, right? The whole time, they're, they're complaining to, to Moses. Why are you, did you bring us out here in the desert to die? Right? They're complaining about their food. God says in verse 3, go to a land flowing with milk and honey. It's everything you hope for. But, but, God says, but I will not Go up among you. Here's your moment. You've been hoping for the promised land. You've been hoping for a home to call your own. You've been hoping for a land flowing with milk and honey. Here it is. Take it. But I'm not coming. If you could have all of Christmas but not have Jesus, would you want it? Was bad as the Israelites had been in Exodus 32 in building this golden calf. Thankfully, they had come to their senses. And it says in the passages following this that they heard this disastrous word and they began to mourn. They began to take off all the jewelry, all the ornaments that they'd had in celebrating something and said, if God doesn't go with us, we don't want to go. And Moses then begins to intercede to God and begins to speak on behalf of the people. That's what it means to intercede. He he becomes an advocate. And he says, God, you promised that you would go with your people. You promised this land. And if if you're not going, we don't want to go. We need your favor. Would you come among us? And, and Moses is so passionate about this. Have you ever been so passionate about something? You're making your case and you're saying it, and finally the other person relents, but you keep talking? Because you've got to make your point and you didn't even hear them, right? And that's what happens. Moses is like, God, we can't go if you don't go. And so finally God is like, okay, I'll go. And Moses is like, no, you don't understand, God. If you don't go, we can't go. And God's like, I, I got it, I'm coming. See, you can't have all the gifts of Christmas without them pointing to the giver. And if you have all the gifts of Christmas and you don't have the giver, 
you really don't have anything. The Israelites knew that. Do you know that? See, because years later, in what we celebrate as Christmas, Jesus came. And Jesus is the true and better Moses. Moses advocated, interceded with his words, saying, God, you can't abandon your people. You've got to be with them. And Jesus came, and he interceded in an even better way, not just with his words, but with his blood. And as Jesus hung on the cross, the scripture says that the curtain that was in the temple where God's presence was, and only the high priest could go there only once a year, that curtain separating you from God's presence because of your sin was torn in two. And all of a sudden, a way into God was opened. Here's what I love about Christmas, about what it really means with Jesus coming is, see, you don't just get peace from God, but God becomes your peace in Jesus. You don't just get love from God, but God becomes your love. He is your love in Jesus. We don't just get hope from God. God is our hope in Jesus. All throughout history, human beings have tried to get to God. There's this innate sense we've had that there's something missing. So people strive and they do it through good works and they do it through religiosity and they do it through, I gotta be generous and, they, and all these things and all the, all the religious parts of us bubble up this time of year. All in an attempt to get to be with God. Yet Christmas is God coming to us, being with us. God has, in Jesus, done all the heavy lifting. All we have to do is see him and treasure him and trust him. If you could have all the gifts of Christmas but not have Jesus, would you want it? I hope not. And so I want to give you a moment just now to, to pray and um, to, to ask the Lord to remind you that Christmas is really about him. That Jesus has done the heavy lifting to have it where God could be with us. If you're here and you're not yet a follower of Christ, I hope that after the service you'll talk to me or one of our other pastors or leaders. I hope you'll talk to whoever invited you. If you have questions or you want to dig into what does this really mean, how could I start a relationship with Jesus, perhaps you're here and the circumstances of life have so worked where you just sense even now that God is pursuing you, that God is seeking to be with you. Now would be a time as we pray for you to surrender to him, to confess your sin, admit your need for him, and to trust him. We're here as a church all year to help you grow in that relationship. We want you not just to love the gifts, and the gifts are great. We want you to love the giver. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the gifts surrounding Christmas. God, we're not uh, into asceticism or uh, some sort of denial of physical pleasure. God, we, uh, we love the senses and the tastes and the touches and the memories and the experiences that come with Christmas. 
But God, we love them because they point to you. That you are the giver of those things. And not just the giver of those things, but you're the giver of yourself. And so God, open our hearts, open our minds to receive the gift of yourself this Christmas. God, for those who have questions or concerns, I pray you'd give them the courage and the ability to articulate those concerns to people who would love to help answer them. And God, would you help all of us to grow in our love and our commitment to you? We pray in Jesus' great name. Amen.